I think he's waking up. Josh. Josh. Josh, can you, can you hear me? Oh. What's happening? Oh, he's awake. He's finally awake, Josh. It's so good to see you conscious again. What happened? The last thing I remember, uh, what is the last thing I remember? Oh, I forget. Okay, Josh. It's going to come as a bit of a surprise, but you've been in a coma. You were doing your legendary impression of Alex Jones. <laughs> Gay frogs, buy my dietary supplements. That's the one. <sighs> and the veins on your forehead, they were throbbing. And, well, you kind of passed out. Or at least, we thought you passed out. You actually burst an aortic valve and had to be put into a medically induced coma. So how, how long was I out for? Oh, about eight months. Eight months? Well, maybe nine. It's October. Surprise! October? What, what about my job? My wife? Your civil union partner. My, my kids. Oh, don't worry about them. I've taken care of them. I've really taken care of them. That uh, sounds a little sinister. Oh, it is. But more importantly, Things have happened. Scotland declared independence. Did you know they were secretly developing nuclear weapons? Anyway, Bristol doesn't exist anymore. President Trump got impeached twice and also got acquitted again. So he then dissolved the Senate and declared himself Darth Trump. That sounds bad. Actually, it worked out for the best. Darth Punk sued him for trademark violation, which they won in the EU. The discovery process, however, ruined Trump, and he said to quit. Anyway, long story short, he took the US government down with him, and the Queen of England is once again the monarch of the Americas. Which is good for the royal family, I guess, especially since London launched itself into geostationary orbit above Brussels, avoiding Mika Johnson and the thing that was once Dominic Cummings. Okay, that's a lot to take in. Hey, hang on, if, if it's October, what happened in our election in September? Please tell me Simon Bridges isn't PM. Oh no, Simon Bridges is not the PM of New Zealand. Well, that's a relief. So is it three more years of Jacinda? Hmm, I'd rather not talk about that. Frankly, if I told you the full story of what happened, you'd probably go back into your coma. Is the result that bad? Well, let's just say they moved the nation's capital to Epsom. Ah. Oh, he's not going to be happy to find out who God is. Well, who God is now? The Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy, brought to you today by Josh Addison and Dr. M. Denton. Hello, and welcome to The Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy. I am Josh Hedison, sitting next to me as always, Dr. M. R. X. Dentith. Who is especially drunk. I think you might be putting that on slightly, but not much. You've been, you've been at the source again, haven't you? Just a I blame our good friend Nick. Yes. He's been taking me your, out to you the bars and the, your... the tasting platters and the getting drunk. And frankly... Frankly, Nick, it's entirely your fault. Mm, no, I would believe that. Um, unfortunately, we did the opening sketch in only two takes, as opposed to last time's 
13, 14, or something 000. like that. So, so you're obviously fairly compassmentous or whatever the expression is, but um, we won't let that stop us from having a, a dashed good time. Surprise! Hey. Yes. Um, yeah, we're, we're talking about surprises. Surprises of the October variety. In February. In which February. is what is the most surprising mm. time to have your October surprise. Exactly, I can't think I mean, of frankly, more surprising. No one is going to suspect an October surprise in February. Mm. Also, April Sun in Cuba. Hey, yes, that's the that's the brand of 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 rapscallion drunkenness we've come to expect. Also, that's a New Zealand song. It is a New Zealand entirely. Song. That's true. That's for those of us back home. Mm. Also, for those of us not back home, uh, the reference to the nation's capital being Epsom as a bad thing probably doesn't bear explaining. Oh, yeah, yeah. For those of you who don't live, good. Who don't okay. live in the nation. Or for those of you who don't live. <laughs> it's true. Mm. For those of you who don't live, Epsom being the capital of the country, not mm. a worry. Mm. For those of you who do live, but those of you who live within our nation's boundaries, that's a big worry indeed. Mm. For those of you who don't live inside of our nation, nation's boundaries, you have no idea where Epsom is. No. And thus you don't care. And that is Rightfully why you so. are bad bad people who deserve to be killed. Is that right, Joshua? I wouldn't quite go that far. Yeah. Maybe just, 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 you know, permanently injured or mildly inconvenienced. Josh thinks you'd only be permanently injured with, say, a broken leg or a lung that doesn't work. I think you should die! Right, well, let's... Uh, Take a break from wishing death think, upon our listeners. Do you think we'll get more patrons with my wishing death upon people who are listening to this podcast? I don't know. It could be could be courting the masochist vote there. It could be courting the secretly self-loathing vote. That's true. People out there I mean, who, there are who people know out that there death is who are going, too good for hmm, them. We should give money to this podcast mm. if only they wish death upon us. Yep. We're, we're saying what you're all thinking. Enough, enough, enough beating about the bush. Let us beat about the Reagan instead. Did you see I made a, oh, I made a presidential pun there? Hilarious, hilarious we, October yes. surprise. Yes. Oh, looks a mercy. But seriously, let's talk about Bush and Reagan and Nixon and stuff. Do we have to? Yes, that's oh, the topic. Okay, mm. let's talk about Bush, Reagan. Nixon, Carter. Bit of, bit of, bit of Clinton, bit of Trump even maybe. Uh, 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 McCain. It's, uh, you, you'll see, I'm, I'm spoiling things here. Let's just get into it. He's forcing me to do it. I don't want to do it. He's forcing me to do it. So, Josh, it's February. It surprise is. me. Uh, I'm going to surprise you by saying we're talking about October. And not just any October. October 1980. Is it the also... April sun in October? No. Where, hey? no. Also yeah. October 1972 and a few other Octobers in between. All right. Talk to me first about October surprises, because they are they're a bit of a bon mot in American political discussion. They're, they're almost a bit of a cliche now, yeah. So, I mean, this, this is something we've talked about before. Um, the October surprise, if, if you're not aware, um, American elections always take place on the first Tuesday after the first Monday in November. 
if I recall, uh, in November anyway, and um, which means that it's it's sort of become a bit of a thing that some some surprising event will come up in October just in time to sort of grab all the headlines, shake up the voter base, and and maybe help sway the election one way or another. Um, so the phrase October surprise was first used in connection with the 1972 presidential election, which was McGovern versus Nixon. Um, and so I'm sure, I'm sure we've mentioned this before, but in the lead, we up, have indeed. In the lead up to the 72 election, um, Henry Kissinger basically announced that peace in Vietnam was imminent, uh, which is what, what, the, what, what the people which had been... Which is my astoundingly good Nixon impression. I thought he was... Peace in my Oh, um, is that my Churchill impression? It's, in my it's also your DeForest Kelly impression, I think. God damn it. I'm a DeForest Kelly impersonator, not a Nixon impersonator yes. or a Churchill impersonator. Could do, Kirk. A, could do a Christopher Lloyd and Back to the Future as well, I think, if you really... Marty, we got to get back to the future! Yep. Um, yes, no, so uh, basically Kissinger, it, it sort of in, right close to the election, came up with this announcement that, hooray, peace is imminent, which was great for Nixon. Marty, we've got to check what deliver. your children are doing! And the government went Nixon's way. Uh, so I, I, I don't, I actually forgot to write down who first used the phrase October Surprise, but it became fairly What's ubiquitous. That might have actually been Christopher, could have been DeForest Kelly in an episode of Star Trek. God damn it, for Kirk. Some reason this is an October Surprise, going on at the not time. a Ferengi insertion of a penis into my rectum. Pretty sure they didn't have Ferengi in the original series, Matthew. This is this is a this is a continuity nightmare. You're a continuity nightmare. So is your mother. That's true. Uh, so you know, and, so, and this this sort of became the thing. I, I, I assume 1972 wasn't the first time there'd been a, a shocking thing to shake up the election just beforehand. Uh, but Which it was the first time something got called in Because if yeah. you had yeah. your elections at the same time every year then it's going to turn out that if there's going to be the big, shocking revelation, which is meant to make the public be on your side, what's going timely. to happen then? An October surprise. Mm. But yeah, so at any rate, the 72 one was where the actual phrase October surprise popped up, and then it kept popping up every major election after that. So in the lead up to the Clinton-Bush election, there was a release of uh, information about the Iran-Contra affair and, and how much Bush had known about that beforehand. Um, in the lead up to the Bush Jr. Um, Al Gore election, um, there was uh, revelations about uh, George Bush's youthful drink driving convictions. Didn't do anything to save the election, though. Did Didn't it? do anything. Well, and he he apparently got in front of it straight. Like the instant the thing came out, he immediately had a press conference and said, "Yep, no, it's true. I was a bad little boy." In in those exact words, I assume. Bad little um, boy. Bad little boy. And I once was with Tiny Blair. And I, I killed some people, but you know, with Tony Blair, it's all fine. His mother did kill someone, didn't she? Yes. She killed someone with a car. It's actually quite disturbing. American is. politics mm. is really, really disturbing the more you look into yep. it. Uh, then, so moving towards the McCain-Obama election, there was the, uh, in, in October of that year, there was the announcement that Obama's half-aunt was an illegal immigrant, which was... Perhaps a bit of a stretch, didn't seem to do much there. And then, of course, we had in the most recent election, um, October, the start of October, is when the whole Access Hollywood tape 
painting Trump in a bad light came out. Right near the end of October, there was, of course, the announcement from James Comey that said basically nothing more than, hey, remember Hillary Clinton and her emails? Didn't actually have anything of substance. What about Trump grabbing those women by the pussy? Well, yes, that was the Axis Hollywood thing I was alluding to. Now, of course, as, 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 as you can see already, sometimes the October surprise worked and sometimes it didn't. It, it worked well. Um, the, it, 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 I don't know how to, uh, I've completely forgotten how to phrase this. Basically, sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. Sometimes the elections went the way of the October surprise, sometimes it didn't. So it's sometimes kind of hard to say exactly Republicans grab the Democrats by the pussy. That's true. And sometimes... Much molesting of house cats. Now, see, I, I, watched, I watched Knives Out the other day and I'm absolutely stuck with Daniel Craig with his... With his southernish accent. Yeah, well, I guess you could say it's a Southernish accent. Mm. It just appears to be Dan- Daniel Craig being allowed to say whatever he likes with a long drawl. But I quite enjoyed listening to it and also playing the piano. Bing! Yes, anytime I liked. Also, can you light me up a cigar because I'm Daniel Craig and I'm allowed to do whatever I like? Because I'm James Bond. I'm James Bond and you're James Bond too. Uh, I haven't seen uh, Logan Lucky, but apparently he has a lot of fun in that as well with an entirely different American accent. I'm sure he does because that's the way that Daniel Craig is trying to divorce himself from the role of James Bond, a role which he is stuck with but doesn't want to play. That really seems. Why are we talking about Daniel Craig? Just because? Basically, because it's a surprise, baby. It's a surprise. Well, I'm fine with that. So, so those were numerous October surprises, but the particular October surprise that we really want to talk about today is the 1980 October surprise. 1980 was the year of the presidential that election between bit, Jimmy Carter and Ronald Reagan. Classic. It's, oh, it's classic. Classic October surprise. Classic Carter. And you classic, hear what I say about classic Carter. He had a peanut farm that he had to sell. Was that Jimmy Carter? I mean, I that, that is, Carter. but that wasn't where I was going. Okay. But fine, you go with the peanut farm. That's you do you. Yep. Um, right, so in the lead up to the 1980 uh, presidential election, one, possibly the biggest, biggest deal at the time was the Iran hostage crisis. Um, now, tell me, what was going on in Iran at the time? Well, d- all sorts, but in particular, in, all the way back in November of 1979, uh, the US embassy in Tehran was seized. Um, a bunch of people, a bunch of um, uh, military and civilian um, individuals were were held hostage. Basically, they moved to the uh, ambassador's residence. Fifty-two American diplomats and citizens, uh, where they stayed for four hundred and forty-four days. In the that's end, that's more than a year. That's more than that's a long time. So this is something that had been dragging out for a long, long time. If you've seen the movie Argo, Ben Affleck's thing about a science fiction movie they were trying to make in Iran and failed from memory something like that yes that, that, that's uh, that, that's what what Argo is about did that did that win did that win him like a best screenplay or something or did he get us he got screenplay for goodwill hunting didn't Argo God win damn, stuff? I actually think he even may have won best director for ah uh, uh, 
Ohio, which... Strange times we live in. Yeah. So the bat flick, he was not, not even the bat, not even the bat flick, flick any, anymore. anymore. I reckon Robert Pattinson can do Batman. I'm I cautiously actually, optimistic. I actually, agree. I actually I think, think he, he can. should be really, really... Because, let's face it, both the lead actors from the Twilight films turned out to be really, really good. Mm. In the same respect that actually, truth be told, Daniel Radcliffe from Harry Potter mm. has also turned out to be really, yep. really good. Good, good post-Potter The moral career. of the story is, if you're a child actor who's been cast in a young adult or child film by Warner Branch Brothers out. at any particular point in the past, you're going to do good. Mm. You're going to do really, Probably. really good. And you don't need the support of this podcast, who's listened to by, at most, 800 people. Mm. So, anyway, 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 Argo, Argo, Iran hostage crisis, that's what was going on. This was, uh, Jimmy Carter was the, the incumbent president, and so for the last year he'd been doing his darndest to get the American citizens back, and the fact that he had failed to do so was a bit of a black mark on his presidency. Which was occurring at the same time of a presidential election. Mm, yes, so, so... Um, October 1980, the presidential election is looming. Carter is being challenged by Republican Ronald Reagan. Um, now, he was in the pictures, wasn't he? He was. He was a movie-type actor. He was also a unionist back in the day, wasn't he? I have no idea, but if you, those Hollywood types generally are. Oh, no, he was a prominent unionist with the Screen Actors Guild. Hmm. Probably sounds about right, but then I assume once he became a Republican, not so fond of the unions. Yeah, a little bit like, about to say Orson Welles, but I don't actually mean Orson no. Welles. I mean the other guy who was in in the mouth of madness. Sam Neill? No, Charlton Heston. Right. Who used to be a quite explicit liberal. And then turned out to be now, not so liberal after all. The NRA. Yeah. And he's dead, you know. He's dead. That's where, well, that's where that gets you. It's true. Being I mean, alive. I mean, there's a whole bunch of other people who were in the NRA who were dead as well. But mm. I'm not going to say anything about them. No, no. So that's just one conspiracy, one conspiracy at a time. Thank you. Um, so, as it turned out, uh, the hostages were not released um, before the election, which but afterwards. remained a bad look for Carter. Reagan oh, yeah, won the election, and the the hostages were released quite soon after, suspiciously soon after. To the point where people went, this is a little bit too suspicious, in that Carter was negotiating their release, and for they were released before he was deposed. And yet Reagan gets elected and the hostages are released within hours, basically. Well, not within, not within hours of the election result, but he did... Um, he was inaugurated on January the 20th. Apparently January the 19th a deal was signed. And so literally 20 minutes after his inauguration, he was on the air announcing the return of these hostages. So less than an hour, truth be told. Yes, yes, if we're talking about official uh, inauguration. Which one you went, that's a little bit weird. Mm. In that, surely if the American administration has been doing this much work, Carter would have got the credit. That word term. Yes. 
And he didn't. And that's just a little bit weird. That's a little bit weird. Mm. So the official theory, of course, in this case, is that that's just how it's just how things came out. Um, it's, yes, it worked out very nicely for Reagan, but that was just the way that particular cookie happened yeah, to crumble. It's an argument that when actually diplomacy works in a particular way, it's unfortunate that Reagan got the benefit of American mm. diplomacy long term. At the same time, that was they how had been the working cookie, on it yeah, for a year. The cookie was going to crumble that way anyway. If Carter had won the election, he would have got the credit. So Reagan got the credit, but you know mm. that's how these things work. But so, so the the actual cons the conspiracy theory though is that the hostages could have been released earlier, but the Reagan elements of the Reagan campaign worked with Iran to ensure that they would keep the hostages until after the election. So in effect, it wasn't actually an October surprise. It was that they wanted to stop the possibility of an October surprise that would have benefited Carter. Now, um, this was a position put forward by people like Christopher Hitchens and Lyndon LaRouche. Good old Lyndon LaRouche. Yes, I, I believe the last time we were talking about these October surprises was when we devoted an entire episode to Lyndon LaRouche because it was his people, the first people, I believe, to actually come up, to actually sort of present this conspiracy theory were... Where are we? I had it written down and now it's gone. Have you changed the notes when I wasn't looking? Nope, I have not changed the notes. It's entirely your fault. You have no idea what's going on. So yeah, that the whole point is... Um, and then that's moved. Oh, there we go. Robert Dreyfus, December 2, 1980 issue of Executive Intelligence Review, which ah, is a periodical yeah, published... Executive Intelligence Review, the Lyndon LaRousse special. Yep, published by the followers of Lyndon LaRousse. So they were the first ones to actually come up. Um, there had been, there was another thing, an, a, another scandal coming around at the same time, which was Debate Gate, which I'm not, I'm not a fan of the whole sticking gate on the now, end. Now, was it Debate Gate or was it Debate Gate Gate? No, I'm afraid it was just Debate Gate. Well, which frankly, has the benefit I, of rhyming, but, I sit um, here being very mm, disappointed. Debate Gate was the fact that um, uh, apparently. During during the presidential debates leading up to the election, it seemed that um, Reagan's team somehow managed to get uh, President Carter's briefing papers before the debate so that they were able to sort of counter his points more effectively. The, these briefing papers were supposedly top secret and people outside of uh, Carter's circle shouldn't have been able to get their hands on him. So there was a, an investigation into that. And so that was Debategate. Um, apparently during those investigations, they turned up documents from Reagan's campaign team that basically showed they were very much aware that if these hostages were released pre before the election, that's going to be a very good look for Carter. We really hope that doesn't happen, but that was as far as it was. There was no um, evidence there that they'd actually done anything to physically try and make this happen. Um, but then along came LaRouche and his fellows who said, you know, that it's too much of a coincidence. Some sort of a deal must have been done. They must have said to you must representative must have said to Iran, look, if our guy Reagan gets in, he's going to give you guys a good deal on something. So how about you hold off releasing those hostages, which will make it more likely that our mate Reagan will get in and then give you this good deal we're after. That was the suggestion. Um, now, people didn't really pay a lot of attention. Did people pay a lot of attention to, to LaRouche and his folks? Was well, he, he was a bit fringe. LaRouche writes did, but the well, rest yes, of the population obviously. did not. Mm. No. Until... Although, people like Kitchens. So the thing was, it wasn't just 
LaRouche, who put forth the notion that there was something suspicious about what went on here. People like beloved Christopher Hitchens also went, yeah, there's something a bit suspicious about where's, what, what went on here. I think, Christopher Hitchens, that maybe the Reagan campaign did something untoward to get these particular mm. results. Yeah, so it was all, there was a lot of supposition. It was a lot of a lot of sort of, of of raising of eyebrows and just looking at the the timing of it all. Because the timing was quite really convenient was. Yep. for the opposition. But um, but 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 like we say, it wasn't really. Uh, the, the public at large wasn't that interested um, until along came Iran Contra, which we've also talked about before. That was the whole the, the, the selling of weapons to people they shouldn't have been selling weapons to, and so on and so like forth. The Contras. Like the Contras. Um, and that, once that came out into the open and was a big sort of conspiracy that had been laid bare in public, people started to pay a little bit more attention to other conspiracy theories that had been going around at the time. And people started looking into this October surprise conspiracy theory a bit more. Um, so there, throughout the, the, the early 90s, a, a bunch of various publications, journalistic publications, um, investigated. And, you know, it, it was a theory that was batted around, it was entertained, but um, no one ever actually came up with any, any proof that the theory might have been true. Uh, so that having a quick read through, the, the whole LaRouche factor did seem to count, count against it in some cases. It was sort of like... It's the kind of thing that we talk about. It was, well, Lyndon LaRouche has been going on about this, and he's one of those conspiracy yeah. theorist types, so he's maybe we don't need to... obviously mad, so we have to pay don't need no to pay attention, so attention to anything he's got to say. Uh, there, there were, but they weren't just journalistic investigations. There were governmental ones. There were two investigations that I could see, um, both of which didn't... didn't 100% say this conspiracy never happened, but they did very definitively say there is no evidence that yeah. this conspiracy theory yeah. is true. One of them, the House October Surprise Task Force, who dun, I, dun, dun, dun. I assume had their own cartoon series in the 1980s and joined together to form a I giant mean, robot. Basically, I, I mean, I remember owning action figures from of the House October thing. Surprise yeah. Task Force, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the William Barr figure came with a desk... And a pen. Mm, and a robot lion, as I recall. Uh, it's a good thing, actually, because originally it was Task Force of the Committee on Foreign Affairs to investigate certain allegations concerning the holding of Americans as hostages by Iran in 1980. Yep. Wouldn't have made a good TV the, title. But the car they came with was mm. astounding because it even had a, a little person who does the notes from the judge with the stenographic machine. Mm. Fantastic. Yes, so I think rebranding House October Surprise Task Force. Excellent marketing move. Yeah. Excellent. Anyway, so, so this, uh, this theory, it came up, it was batted around a bit, nobody really, you know, it was, it was just one of those things that was always suspected, but nothing ever came of it. Now, the reason why we're talking about it today, here and now, in 2020, which is not 1980, it's not it's 1980 not... at all. God damn it, it's, I thought it was in 1980. It is quite literally 40 years since 1980. If I was wearing a lapel, I'd be striking it out right if now. If I were wearing a monocle, it would have just popped out. Yeah, that's the 1880s. That's just inappropriate. You do not understand how time works. Well, only, only marginally, that's true. Uh, but no, uh, ju just at the end of last year, uh, there was an article in the New York Times, which some people have sort of seized upon to say, hang on a second, that the, the October surprise, and hang on, what? Um, so the article itself um, was based on documents donated to Yale 
university, I assume not the lock-making company. That wouldn't make any sense at all. Um, yeah, I have to assume it is Yale, yeah. the university. From because, the offices yeah. of David Rockefeller, of the Rockefellers. Which we'll get back to in we'll just a minute. We'll get back to the Rockefellers. Uh, he, he was, um, th this particular Rockefeller was foreman of Chase Manhattan Corporation, the bank. Um, and also and so, very, very old, but we'll get back to yep. that again. So, so a whole bunch of his uh, documents had been um, had been released, basically. His uh, chief of staff, one Joseph Reed Jr., had made sure that these documents would stay sealed until Rockefeller's death, but he died in 2017. These documents were released. At the end of 2019, the New York Times ran this article, which is, it was sort of generally around... Um, sort of around US foreign affairs stuff around the 1980s and how Rockefeller and Chase Manhattan um, tried to sort of steer events to, to, to their benefit. And it was about sort of, you know, it was about the Shah in Iran and about the Reagan election and all sorts of stuff. But but in, in the middle of it, um, they talk about how uh, uh, the Rockefeller and Chase Manhattan Corporation collaborated with the Reagan campaign to, quote, preempt and discourage any sort of an October surprise that would benefit um, Jimmy Carter. So the Now, the, the Carter, the campaign they weren't working towards. That's entirely true, yes. Yeah. Yep. They, no, were, they, were, they were the very Reagan much working campaign. with Reagan. Yeah. So there, there was this particular um, uh, segment in the article which, which reads thusly. The Chase team helped the Reagan campaign gather and spread rumours about possible payoffs to win the release, this being the release of the hostages, a propaganda effort that the Carter administration officials have said impeded talks to free the captives. I had given my all to thwarting any effort by the Carter officials to pull off the long-suspected October surprise, Mr. Reid wrote in a letter to his family after the election, apparently referring to the Chase effort to track and discourage a hostage release deal. Um... So that, that was just sort of one one thing in, in a long list of various ways they tried to influence um, affairs in this in this region at this time. But people said, "Hang on a second. So originally, we, we sort of we we had documentary proof around the whole debate gate thing that the Reagan campaign was aware of the possibility of an October surprise of this nature, and obviously didn't want it to happen. Now we see that the um, talk of them actually working to to discourage it." Um, now, this sort of, there were articles that then referred to this article saying, oh, ha-ha, dun-dun-dun, case closed. Um, I have to say they oversold it a little bit, really. I mean, there, there, yeah. is, no, there is no suggestion that they, there is no proof of an actual deal being done with Iran, certainly nothing about um, some of the suggestions that say that um, arms sales to Iran and stuff like that. There was none of that, but it was just... Um, it showed that the the Reagan um, campaign and and their allies were proactively working to try and thwart this idea of an October surprise um, yeah, so by some certain means. The best theory we have, given the available evidence, is the Reagan campaign being aware that the Carter campaign is going, we don't want there to be any deal before the election. The Reagan campaign going... We can preempt that in any way, shape, or form to show favoritism. Can it be really useful when and if we get into power? Mm. So it's not it's not quite the LaRouche theory. I mean it's it's not it's not as it's not as strong as the original claims that the, the Reagan campaign had dirty dealings, specifically made a deal with Iran to delay the um, delay the release of the hostages. This sort of says, well, they 
they, they certainly wanted to delay the, rele uh, the release of the hostages. But... Um, and they, they did what they could to try and get in the way of this. I mean, again, a Carter administration official said it did impede talks to free the captives. Um, but to actually say that they sold out America to get Reagan the campaign, uh, to get Reagan the presidency, might be a little bit strong still. Well, yes, which is where it comes down to the big claim of conspiracy here, because... If you believe people like, say, Christopher Hitchens, who is a big proponent of the October Surprise Theory, Lyndon LaRousse, who's also a big proponent of the Lyndon Surprise Theory, Lyndon Surprise. Surprise Theory, that's the best kind of surprise, and Robert Perry, who is also a big proponent of the Lyndon LaRouche October Surprise Theory. Variety special, I would watch that these people are all dead, mm. then you end up going, were they right? Were they actually right? Or were they right, but only in the most interesting of ways? Mm. I mean, it's a little bit one of those... Um... Uh, what also, the, surprise! What are the what are the the exceptions to the justified true belief things? La someone. Well, I mean, also, I mean, luck plays a big role in the in the justified true belief calculus. Mm. But who's the guy? Gittier. Yep, Gittier, that's the guy. He's the one who did the the, did big, the the big thing. The waking up at waking up at. The, I won't get into the philosophical technicalities uh, right now, but uh, the the idea. Say, that... Josh holds in his pocket a watch, which may or may not resemble the timepiece you have in your pocket, let alone he also holds two coins in his pocket, which may or may not resemble the coin tossed by the person who's deciding who gets to live or die in the business that Josh belongs to. Mm. There's also a trolley at some point, I think, running people over. I can't remember. No, um, that's, Ju that's Judith Butler. Fine. Um, the, the point is that there's a, there's a phenomenon in epistemology do, of the do, idea do, 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 do. of... Um, People, they sort of believe something, they have a reason to believe something, it turns out that thing's true, and yet the connection is in, is, is, is in some way a little bit spurious. So it seems like, I don't know if this is a real example of that or not, but this does seem to be a case where they, they had reason to suspect this thing was true, um, maybe it turns out they're partially, at least, at least partially, maybe even mostly right, but they didn't actually have any evidence. They were no. basically just working off the fact that yeah. the, 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 there was the suspicious timing. And was was Larouche a bit of a was he the sort of a commie lefty at the time who would have been naturally opposed to the Republicans? So the thing is, was Larouche's he's kind of everywhere he's a bit, politically. Yeah, yeah, that's the it's a little bit hard to work so out whose side is on because Larouche is on everybody's side and, and nobody's no side. Yes. Yeah, so so it seems to be a case of suspicions. Possibly, ground, well, I don't, don't want to say groundless suspicions. The the timing really was well, quite I mean, odd, but yeah. suspicions without any real. Firm so there's an interesting question here. So both Larouche and Hitchens are both suspicious of the standard story of the of the October surprise, and both of them point out that there is something untoward about the amount of information known by the Reagan campaign compared to the Carter campaign, which suggests that one of the campaigns, the Reagan campaign, is doing something untoward to make the other campaign look bad. Now, the question is, 
Were they paranoid? So were they simply going, there's something wrong here, I don't know what it is, but it's paranoia. Or did they have actual evidence? Mm. And the bigger question then becomes, did they have access to a good amount of decent evidence? Or were they simply acting in a paranoid fashion because people they didn't like were in control at the time? Mm. Because if you end up going, they heard something but they misinterpreted it, then they misinterpreted the evidence and they kind of overstated what the evidence was. If they simply went, yeah, I simply don't believe X could do Y, then you might go, well, I mean, it's true, X couldn't do Y. Your reasons for doing that are pretty bad, so we'll disregard that. Mm. Yes, so there you go. The the October surprise conspiracy theory. Um, possibly there was more to it than the official theory. Possibly there was less to it than the more prominent conspiracy theories. So it's, but it's, it turns out that actually it seems that maybe the Reagan administration did slightly more to undermine the Carter administration than we have been led we to believe. Thought, yes. Exactly. So, there you go. Interesting bit of interesting bit of electoral history for you there. Um, so I don't know about you. I'm starting to sweat. I think it's time to stop recording and turn off some of these lights. But having done that, we can then go and record this week's bonus episode. See, I'm so for drunk. Our I'm not sweating at all. Ah, is that how it works? Yeah, basically. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. You, the thing is, you've never been drunk. No, Josh. never so really you have properly absolutely drunk. Absolutely no idea that once you get into a a zone, you just don't care. You just don't sweat. Your body temperature regulation just gives up the ghost. Which is why people die of alcohol poisoning. Mm. I am dying of alcohol poisoning at the very moment in time. Yep, and you're doing it for them, the listeners, to whom you are eternally grateful. Which is why you have to pay for my entire insurance. Yep, there we go. And you could do that by becoming a patron. Probably wouldn't actually cover all your insurance, but that's okay. Um, so yes, Why you cover even any of it, truth be told. Well, um, but yes, if you want to become a patron, then do go to Patreon and search for the podcaster's guide to the conspiracy, or go to uh, conspiracism.podbean.com and sign up to Podbean's native. Uh, I'm so I'm so going to campaign. Well, yes, eventually we all are, but 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 we all watch the end of the Good Place, so it's okay now. Is it there? Apparently. Do you feel better after watching the end of the good of the good place? I actually do. So so do I. Actually, mm, I really like really the ending good. of that yeah, show. Yeah. Anyway, but uh, I'm still going to die. Well, it's yes. all your fault. And speaking of endings, this is the end of this episode. And it has been prepared for. Yes. Because we're going to push the button and stop it, and then that's what we do every week. Is it? Yeah. Do you want to do that now? Shaz butt. Yep. Goodbye. You've been listening to the podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy, starring Josh Addison and Dr. M.R. Extented, which is written, researched, recorded, and produced by Josh and M. You can support the podcast by becoming a patron via its Podbean or Patreon campaigns. And if you need to get in contact with either Josh or M, you can email them at podcastconspiracy at gmail.com or check their Twitter accounts, Monkey Fluids and Conspiracism.
And remember, remember, oh December was a night.